Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 72 of We're Talking Shift, the podcast where I talk shift because I believe that when we feel stuck, when it's time to level up, rise to a challenge, or make any kind of shift, the process must begin with a shift in our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. Now, that being said, healthy shift is what we're going to continue talking about this week. Last week, I gave you an overview on processed foods, you know, what exactly they are and the dangers of making them a consistent eating lifestyle. So make sure if you missed it, you go back to episode 71 and check that out. But in continuing with the topic of shifting your eating lifestyle, this week we're going to get into the specifics of fats and oils with the man who actually pioneered an entire industry of making oils with the mission of helping people obtain greater health. As opposed to most oils that are processed with the mission of being able to sit on a shelf well into the next century, which on the surface may seem like a good idea, but I can tell you with 100% assurance, it definitely is not. Udo Erasmus has been on my radar since I read his first book back in, I believe it was 1991 or 1992, and that book was entitled Fats and Oils. He has been my guiding light on healthy fats and oils ever since. And I guarantee that after listening to this podcast, he's going to become yours too. And I'd be willing to bet that before the end of the day, you're going to go through every product you have in your kitchen cabinets and your refrigerator, and you will be shocked by the toxic fats and oils in your food products. So get ready to take out the trash, my friends. Now, before I bring him on, and I know everybody's wondering, who is this dude? Well, let me just take one more minute to tell you about this, as I call him, fat genius and master oil maker. Udo is the man who created a method for making good, health-giving oils. He developed the first ever flaxseed oil and has authored several books on the effects of oils on our health. As I mentioned, fats and oils, I believe that was his first one. Fats that heal, fats that kill, choosing the right fats, omega-3 cuisine, and I think this is his latest book called The Book on Total Sexy Health. I like the sounds of that. I'm going to be checking that out. Now, Udo <laughs> Udo has developed a variety of amazing supplements ranging from flax oil to blends to probiotics, prebiotics, green blends, and he's even developed healthy whole food supplements for dogs, cats, and horses. Now, Before I bring him on, and I'm almost there, let me just tell you how in demand Udo is, which is another reason that I feel so honored to have him here spending time with us today. Udo has given over 5,000 live presentations on nutrition and health, over 3,000 media interviews, given 1,500 staff trainings, and traveled to over 30 countries, delivering his message on oils, health, nature, and human nature. Over the past 15 years, he has shared the stages with some of our greatest luminaries and teachers and some of my all-time favorites like Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra. He's keynoted at an international brain health conference and lectured in conferences on five 
continents. Udo has spearheaded several multi-trillion dollar companies, or projects, I should say. Yes, trillion. On peace, health, energy, environment, and education. So, now that you know from whom all this life-changing information on fats and oils is coming from, get ready to take notes, you guys. And let's welcome the leading authority on fat, Udo Erasmus. Welcome, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. Glad to be on. <laughs> Love oh, your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I actually had fun. I had fun uh, getting that all in order because uh, it's just, uh, it's a lot. And I'm such a big fan. I am just, uh, you know, it's probably pretty obvious. I'm a huge fan and I have been for, you know, close to 30 years now. Um, yep. Reading Fats and Oils in, I believe it was about 1991 or 92, it, it, educated me and totally impacted my eating lifestyle and the way that I fed my family. So, um, yep. yeah, it's, uh, it's been a part of my entire adult life. And now my, my kids who are in their thirties, um, they grew up knowing what's a good fat, what's a bad fat. And, you know, they can make educated choices about what they're eating now. And in large part, thanks to the information that you taught me. So thank you. And, and, and you put into practice. Yes, and put it in practice. Right, exactly. Because it's one thing to learn about something. It's another thing to actually put it into practice. Exactly my point, yep. Mm -hmm. So, yep. so Udo, let me ask you. I mean, I, I read through your journey, and you've had a very interesting life. Um, do you mind if we start off uh, by just giving us a, a maybe a, a, a brief bit about how you became so interested in fats? <clears throat> well, uh, yeah, I have a I have a long story and a short story. Uh, all of my successes have come out of massive failures. <laughs> so the the short story is the story on oils. The the long story we'll 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 talk about later. Okay. Um, uh, I in 1980 uh, my marriage broke up, and I was really upset, and I wanted to kill something. So I took oh. a job as a pesticide sprayer. Good choice. I had a license. I had a license to spray pesticides. I got ninety-nine and a half percent on the exam. <laughs> and in fact, I thought I had got a hundred. And I asked the guy who marked the exam if he was sure he didn't make a mistake marking it. <laughs> so he went back and said, "Let me see." And he said, uh, "Okay, how many how many instars in a crane fly?" That's a, something about insect development. I said four. He said, "Well, you circled two. Oh. And. Uh, so that was my so that was my error. <laughs> anyway, so I was and I was really good at it. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer, and I was super careless. I used to walk barefoot over lawns I had sprayed with pesticides, hmm. and then the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. And then I wore rubber boots like wellies. Yeah. And uh, I would spray. It's a summer job, so I would spray wearing a bathing suit and rubber boots. And I had a tractor with a with a big tank. And I was spraying trees and spraying gardens and spraying lawns for all kinds of, you know, weeds, weed killing, insect killing. Um, I've got a good visual basic. going on here, Udo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, uh, and somebody even said to me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? And I said, nah, I'm immune. Mm -hmm. uh, people, people call that uh, testosterone poisoning. Men are <laughs> subject to that until they have their first big disaster. <laughs> right. 
So I got my first disaster three years later. I got poisoned by the pesticides I sprayed. And oh. I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And she gave me the perfect answer. Nothing. Oh my <laughs> and that God. day, that day, the penny dropped for me that my health is actually my responsibility. And if I don't take on that responsibility, maybe nobody's going to. Mm-hmm. And so I had background in biological sciences and biochemistry and genetics uh, from from before I got married. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided that since they had nothing for me, I, I decided to try and figure out myself what to do. Because basically, say, if something if something goes wrong, then do the opposite of what you did to get it. And that that should fix it. Uh-huh. Very simplistic way of thinking, but it's actually not not far off. And so I was reading about nutrition and health, uh, nutrition and disease, and got stuck in, in the area of oils. I was actually looking at everything. Mm-hmm. But I got stuck in oils because it was the most complicated uh, area. In fact, if I go uh, skip ahead a little, more health problems come from damaged oils than any other part of nutrition. And more health benefits will come from getting your oils right than any other change that you make in nutrition. Even yeah. more than sugar. Sugar is number two. But fats are even worse. Why is that? Because they are the most sensitive of all of our food nut- nutrients, essential nutrients. Yes. They're damaged by light, by oxygen, and by heat. And we should be giving these oils the most care of any nutrient because of their sensitivity and their their, the ability of light oxygen and heat to damage them. Mm-hmm. But in fact, we treat them with the least care because right. there's nothing else we throw in a frying pan and watch it turn into smoke and then still eat it. Yes. And even the way you shop, and we're going to get more into this in a minute because I want yeah. you to, I have a question, but even the way, when you look at the way they're on the shelf, they're, they're exposed to light and, right. you know, in clear plastic yeah. bottles. But in, we'll, plastic, yes. in plastic, which leaches into yeah. oils and plastic doesn't belong in your body either. Right. So I decided when I read all that stuff, it's like, holy shift, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. holy shift. I, I can't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. And because I grew up on a farm, I know how to tinker with stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let me design a way that oils should be made, because I also learned how oils are made. They're treated with Drano window washing acid, bleached and fried, completely careless, uh, and then they get damaged by that. And then they, you need a chemical feast to clean them up at the other end. Yeah, and I said, good. well, if we, if we treat them with care at the front end, then we don't have a mess to clean up at the back end. What would that look like? Well, you have to protect the oils from light, from oxygen, and from heat. From the time they're closed in the seats, nature's packaging is pretty, pretty good yeah. to protect. And then you have to press them, and then you have to settle them, filter them, fill them. So in all of that processing, until they're in a bottle, that is nitrogen flushed, dark, in a box, in the fridge. This is like what you have to do with good oils, right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in that entire process, you have to make sure no light, no oxygen, no heat gets to the oils. And how do you do that? You have to build a very tight system, and you have to have control of that system. And so I developed that system, and in 1986, we uh, began to make flaxseed oil, the year after I got poisoned, it was established that omega-3s are essential. 
-hmm. Perfect timing. Not my timing, but it was perfect timing. I was just in the right place at the right time. And I said, oh, my God. And we found out they're they're even more sensitive than the the usual cooking oils that are omega-6 oils, five times more sensitive to damage. So they're a nightmare to work with. There are fewer sources of them. Every cell needs them. And 99% of the population doesn't get enough for optimum health. And I had an orgasm because I said, oh, my God, we, if we could bring them back, if we could make them with health in mind, and I had already developed a method for it, if we yeah. could bring them back and optimize their intake, we could help so many people. Yes. And I lit up, I lit up on fire. It was like I found a purpose for my life. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. really was like that. And then I was on fire. And so I got some, some friends involved in it. We developed the machinery. We had engineers make special parts for those presses because they didn't exist in, in commerce because nobody was doing that. And so in 1986, we made our first flax oil. <clears throat> and flax oil is now a, a billion-dollar industry. Yes, I think I made $8,635 8, on the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is like now a, a billion dollars a yeah. year. Because yeah. I knew I wanted to get it done, and I was inspired to do it, but I never thought about what did I want out of it financially. Sure, sure. And, and, so, and one of the guys who helped build that, build that, uh, that company said to me, what do you want out of this deal? And I said, I don't know. He said, well, if you don't know what you want, I can't get it for you. I said, I get, I get that that's true, but I don't know what I want. And mm-hmm. honestly, to me, it was, I, was, I, was so, I knew I could get it done, and it wasn't, it wasn't about the money. I'm not big about money. I'm, I'm okay with money. I don't hate money. But money is not the reason why I'm living. I'm mm-hmm. very clear about that. Because mm-hmm. I came out of a war. That's the long story. Mm-hmm. And anything that makes life better for people, I'm interested in that. That's yeah. what I'm interested in. It's a beautiful mission. Um, and uh, before I lose the thought, um, mm-hmm. give us, give our listeners a, a, a brief explanation as to why flax oil is so amazing, since you mentioned flax, and that was your right. first flax oil. Flax oil is the first oil we developed by the method for two reasons. One is, if we can do this one, which is the most sensitive oil of them all, because it has the most omega-3 in it. It doesn't have enough omega-6 in it, but has a lot of omega-3, like 57% of the mm-hmm. oil is omega-3. And omega-3 is, is, the, is the deficiency, is the biggest essential nutrient deficiency of our time, followed sure. by magnesium at 80%. This is 99%. Okay. And followed by B6 and, and vitamin D at around 80%. Mm-hmm. So uh, flax oil, and, then, uh, and the second one was, if we can make this one with health in mind, any other oil we would ever want to make would be a piece of cake. And so that's why flax oil. It's also flax oil is, is um, flax is already an industry, used to be used for linoleum and, and to make linseed oil to paint furniture with. And uh, so, mm-hmm. the, so there was a, there was a, a growth industry for flax. Mm-hmm. But we called it flax oil instead of linseed oil because we wanted to make a differentiation between fresh oil rich in omega threes that's good for your health, right. and the damaged oil that is is good for make painting furniture and making right. your house. 
Yeah, I think that was an important <laughs> distinction to focus on for sure. Yeah, because because we didn't want people using linseed oil. Yes. For health, when it was damaged, we were we wanted to make a, a clear distinction between industrial oil and health oil. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so let's so let's get into this now since we've talked about essential fatty acids. Let's yeah. explain to the listeners what that means and why that's so important and how essential fatty acids or EFAs are different right. from just other healthy fats. Right. So when we talk about essential in the field of nutrition, it has a very specific definition that researchers agreed on to use. And e essential is any nutrient that your body cannot make from anything else that you have to have to live and be healthy. So this is a cornerstone of, of body construction that the, the building blocks life needs to make a body that works. So <clears throat> you can't make it, you gotta have it, and you have to therefore bring it in from outside through food or supplement or one way or another. Okay. That's the first part. Second part is if you don't get enough, you cannot stay healthy. Your health will deteriorate. You will get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature, which means they kind of look a little bit like our degenerative diseases mm -hmm. or the diseases of civilization that come from eating junk, processed, damaged foods. Right. So degenerative in nature, they get worse with time when you're deficient. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. This is how important it is. Okay, so that's And the what, third yeah. part of the deficit. The third part, the hopeful part, is this, okay. that if you're deteriorating because you're not getting enough of any essential nutrient, but before you die, you bring enough of it back in, because death, by definition, is not reversible. Mm -hmm. So before you die, you bring enough back in, then all the symptoms that come from not getting enough are reversed, and you get your health back, because life knows how to make a body that works. You have to take responsibility for making sure that optimum amounts of every essential nutrient, every essential building block lands in your body so life can do its job. Yes. And that, that definition applies to 18 minerals, 13 vitamins, <clears throat> 8, 9, 10, or 11 amino acids that come from proteins, depending on who you talk, who yeah. te who's, who's telling the story. Yeah. <clears throat> and two essential fatty acids. Omega-6 was known to be essential by 1929, and omega-3, which was established as essential in 1981, the year after I got poisoned. So that's what essential means. Uh, it is literally why nutrition, why nutrition improves health is because it, it gives you the basic building blocks that your body can't make that have to come from outside. Yes, you want you. optimum health, you got to optimize your intake of all of those. Right. Okay, perfect. <clears throat> so thank you for that explanation. Because um, I really think that people don't understand when somebody says it's an essential amino acid or an essential fatty acid, yep. that what, we're, what, what that means is it's essential for optimal health and well-being. It's essential for right. you being well, able to Well, it's even live. essential for minimum health. For minimum, yes. Okay, yeah. perfect. Right, uh, and uh, but but just one thing uh -huh. in the marketplace, people like to call things essential that are not essential. 
And they're right. they, confused. Fish oils, they say fish oils are essential. They're not. You can make them if you get enough omega-3s from plants. Your body can make the fish oils. So these are essential fatty acid derivatives. But in marketing, people cheat because if you call it essential, then people, then people say, oh, well, if it's essential, I better take it. Mm-hmm. So that's a marketing ploy. Sure. You have to know what is essential and where you're being lied to. Yes, and that's the tricky part because it's there's so much information and so much of it is um, conflicting information that people get confused and they are not sure what's the right move and what's you know and what's just BS. Yeah, so you have to listen to people who don't lie to you, <laughs> and you have to you have to figure out who those people are. You're probably one of them, <laughs> and and I'm one of them. It's it's, it's yeah. one of the things about education. Yes. I don't tell you what to do, but I will give you all the information that you need in order to make good choices. If people lie to you, they take away your choice. It's a form of dictatorships. It uh, is. Dic- dictatorship, because when, when you don't know what's true, how can you make a good choice? So you've literally had your freedom taken away from you when people don't tell you the truth. That's why yeah. truth is hugely important. It is. And so you really have to be somebody that is that is motivated, almost obsessive about sorting through the information and finding what you really believe to be the truth for yourself. Yep. And that takes yep. some work. It takes some searching. It it takes some it, effort. It does. It's an, And I'm the reason why I got into it is after the war. I was born in Europe during the Second World War, and it was a mess. And I didn't know anything I could rely on. So I got into science and biosciences and psych and self-knowledge, always about finding out how, how things work. Because mm-hmm. if I know how things work, I know how to work them. I know how to use them. I know how to, you know, I know what to do. Right. But if I don't know what's true, then, then, then basically I would still be a, a, a war baby, shy and freaked out and, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and right. uh, fearful simply because I, I'm in a world that I don't understand and, and it's chaotic. Yeah, yeah. And then you're at the mercy of whatever people tell you. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Then then you then you uh mm-hmm. yeah, then you get bowled over by whatever comes at you. Yeah. So, okay, so back to your um your your uh pesticide poisoning. So when yeah. you moved forward, you did all of this research, you developed this system. Yeah. Um you've got this oil. So then you put that together and that is what ultimately um cured you of the of the pesticide poisoning? <clears throat> Uh, that and everything else I did, but, okay. but the, the oil wasn't as much for my cure. The oil was, was, um, mainly because I realized it's the, the biggest arena in disease. Okay. And I, you know, I, I used the oil when it came out, that was six years, six years after my poisoning. Um, but I did sweating and fasting and supplements and vitamin C antioxidants. I mean, I started doing all kinds of things, eating more raw foods, eating more plant foods, going organic, mm-hmm. uh, okay. you know, filtering my water. So I, I did a lot of things to deal with the pesticide poisoning, but the oil is, it turns out is also really good for pesticide poisoning because if you have enough oil in your body, it'll make your skin soft and velvety because it forms a barrier in your skin against the loss of moisture. But if you've been poisoned by oil-soluble toxins, and the most toxic molecules are oil-soluble, then what you do is you take more good oil and you sweat, and, the, and then the toxins will show up in the oil part of your sweat. 
and you can monitor their decrease in your body. That's been done. That was done in the 80s. Uh, wow. Working okay. with Vietnam veterans who were poisoned by Agent Orange. And the guy, his name is Lassiter. He was going to franchise the operation. He never got, for some reason, he never got that done. But he did the research, and the research was very clear. They could measure Agent Orange in the, in the sweat, in the oil part of the sweat, and they could monitor its decrease in the body of Vietnam veterans. He put them in, in a sauna for 15 to 30 minutes every day for three to six months. And really? they monitored that. Yeah. So, so, so besides though being in this sauna, so they were taking in all of the healthy, good oils, and then between that and then going into the well, sauna, is that, well, do I have they, that right? Well, they, no, they didn't. They didn't do it with good oils. Any oil will get it out, but if you oh. use damaged oils, then you're putting in damaged molecules. Okay. They should have done it, but at that point, in the mm -hmm. early 80s, actually, uh, good oils made with health in mind were not available yet. Okay, got it. Yeah. So today, if they if they did that today, then yep. the outcome could be completely different, or just yep. or, okay, got it. Got would it. be would well the outcome would be even Faster. better. They'd get yeah. rid of the Agent Orange, but they wouldn't be putting toxic oils into their body. Yeah. So the outcome would be better. You can also do oil enemas that cleans out your lymphatic system. I've done about I've done three of those. And uh, you, there's even you can put them in your mouth and swish them around, and any anything that's toxic w that can dissolve in the oil will gradually do that. It's a slow process, and it's poo-pooed by 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 the uh, the mainstream. Mm -hmm. But uh, it makes sense that if you have oil, anything that's oil soluble will head in that direction from huh. where there's more oil to where there are, uh, sorry, from where there's more oil-soluble toxins to where there's less oil-soluble toxins. So if you're using a clean oil, then you will get a certain amount of drift of oil-soluble toxins from your body into the oil, and then you spit it out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So... That's so fascinating. All right. I'm going to get, I'm going to go back over here to my question list so I don't get too far off. Yeah, I know. Cause, Cause now I'm like wanting to talk about oil and cancer and that's like a whole other podcast. So we're going to, we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll tee that up for next time. But, um, you mentioned yeah. earlier about the, um, the, the reason that so many oils and most of the oils that are commercial oils marketed on the shelves in the stores are yeah. so harmful is because of the way that they're processed. Yeah, they damage. Actually, what they do is they treat them with Drano window washing acid, bleach them, and then heat them to frying temperature. About half to 1% of the molecules are damaged. And in a tablespoon, in a single tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged by this processing, you will get more than a million damaged molecules into every one of your body's 60 trillion cells. Oh. That's how toxic it is. So 50, 60 quintillion damaged molecules in a tablespoon because molecules are really small. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, most, people, most people don't believe the number. Oh, oh my God, I had no idea. And then, you, then I say to them, listen, if you knew that your chance of crashing and burning on your next flight was a billion times higher than you imagined, because I asked them, for how, do you, how many damaged molecules do you think would be in a tablespoon of oil? And the numbers are really, really low, the estimates. I said, if you knew 
it was that your chance of crashing was a, a billion times higher than you thought it was. Would you get on the airplane? Mm-hmm. No. And the no. point of it, now that you know that you've underestimated the damage of the oils to your body by a billion times, is that enough of a reason to say, I'm, I'm not using those oils anymore? And when you take those oils and throw them in the frying pan to fry your foods, you then double, triple, quadruple, maybe even 10 times the number of damaged molecules because you're putting the oil in the frying pan and it's, and it's being damaged by light, by oxygen, and by high temperature all at the same time. Yes. The higher the temperature goes, the faster light and oxygen damage the oils. So, um, you know, so I say to people, listen, frying is the worst thing we ever invented to do to, do to our food. So what I'd like you to do if you want to be healthy or if you're sick and you want to get better, first thing, get your frying pan, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard so it's associated with pain, <laughs> and then throw that stupid thing in the garbage can and go to back to cooking in water, steaming, mm-hmm. and heading in the direction of raw because life's mandate, nature's mandate for every creature, fresh, whole, raw, organic, and for humans, for most of our long history, mostly plant-based. Mm-hmm. So let's, can we give our listeners an idea of which oils are the, are the most widely consumed that are the most harmful, the biggest culprits? I mean, we're talking about basically all of those vegetable oils, right? Canola oil, all the stuff that's on yep. the shelves that, yep. right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Canola, canola, soybean, I would say those are probably the worst because they have, they have some omega-3s in them. And the omega-3s are damaged five times faster than the omega-6s. Yeah. Uh, but any, you know, anything that has omega-3s and 6s in them, and all the liquid oils have omega-6s in them, uh, are damaged by the processing and are damaged in the frying pan. In fact, in the frying pan, if you had a hard fat like butter or coconut, you would get less damage, but it's not good to do that because they will still damage it. They still cause damage. They get damaged and they damage your food because when you turn your food yellow and brown and black mm-hmm. and smoke it, then you know you're turning molecules from nature into molecules that are toxic and don't belong in your body. Sure. So what do, what do people do that say, well, okay, I am not interested in becoming a, you know, a raw food eater. Uh, I want to have my occasional red meat. How do you see, how, what's the safest way for them to eat it? Well, when I was a kid, we used to cut the, the, the steak into cubes and throw it in the stew with, with vegetables and spices. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, people say, Oh, I love the taste of burnt meat. And I, I say to them, no, you don't. Because if you scraped that black stuff off of your burnt steak and made a tablespoon of it and ate that, it would squish between it. Would, it would squeak between your teeth like chalk on a blackboard, mm. and it's acrid and bitter and tastes disgusting. And then you say, "Yeah, but I love the taste of meat." That that's BS too, because actually, if you want the meat not to taste bland, you put on pepper. That's a plant. You put on rosemary. That's a plant. You put on cayenne, maybe. Uh, that's a plant. Yeah, you season and, it. And all the flavors in, in food come from plants, not from meat. Eggs are bland. Meat is bland. Fish is bland. Right? That's and then you have, to, you have to marinate them with different things 
to make mm-hmm. them taste, you know, put a little sugar on it if you make yeah. salmon, right? Salt so we're actually salmon. using, you, we're actually using plants to make meat, <clears throat> meat taste palatable. But, <clears throat> but the meat industry said, oh, rabbit food, oh, everything tastes like grass. And they were just lying to you because they wanted to sell you more meat. Yeah. Yeah, you have and to the, look at, at the source. And the research is very clear now, wasn't then, but is now. That if you want the longest life and the best health and the best mood, whole food, plant-based B12 supplement. And mm-hmm. that's also better for the planet, all things considered. So it definitely a, a direction to head in. And, you know, don't, you, you don't have to jump, jump on it. Just do what you're doing. <clears throat> Just do a little more vegetables and a little less meat and a little yeah. more vegetables and a little less meat and a more and a little and more and a little and more and a little. And maybe yeah. you'll never completely get there. The goal is not completely to get there. The goal is to head in the direction yes, in steps yes. that you're, you're able to take of having a better life and a, and, and a, and a better life, a longer life and better health. Right, right. And that's exactly how I, you know, help um, my clients is, uh, who are trying to make those changes is you don't have to. You don't have to yeah. go to an extreme overnight. In fact, I don't suggest that because typically you yeah. cannot sustain that. Um, yeah, can I, yeah. So one step, yeah, one more at a time. Can I tell you a little story? Of course. I was, in, I was in Japan once and the woman put her hand up and she said, you know, she said, uh, I, know you, I know you talk about heading in the direction of organic or, or eating organic food. But she says, you know, organic eggs are in Japan are six times more expensive than than normal eggs. No, they're not normal. <laughs> then poisoned eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and uh, she said, so uh, what should I do? And I said, well, can you afford one a month? She said, yeah, no problem. Can you afford one a week? Yeah, no problem. Can you afford two a week? Yeah, I could do that. I said, why don't you do what you can? Because sometimes what we do is we don't do anything because we can't do it perfectly. Yes. And I'm just saying, you know, just take steps, take little steps, mm-hmm. take the steps you can take. Yeah. Because once you take the steps you can take, the world will open up for you to take the next step too, and the next step too, and the next step too. Just, just point your, point your face in, point your nose in the direction and it'll can, right. take care of itself. Right. I, I, I call that, uh, I use the, the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen and uh, and that is exactly what that means. It's a business philosophy, but Kaizen is you just, you know, slow, but incremental and consistent improvement. Yeah. So that's really what you were telling her is do yeah. what you can one step at a time. And then you slowly, consistently keep improving and building on that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, okay. So man, we touched on this a minute ago about, about the way that, um, some of this stuff is marketed that makes people think that it's safe and that it's healthy. Like, you know, manufacturers can trick you with certain words, um, that they put on the front of the label, uh, into thinking that their oils are, are good and healthy and safe. And like you just mentioned, um, some of these oils, for instance, if you're picking up a, let's just say a generic vegetable oil on the shelf and it says, Oh, you know, fortified with omega threes or sixes, 
and people will think, oh, those are supposed to be good for me. I'll get that. But that's yeah. the trick right there because those have been yeah, yeah. completely destroyed. And not yeah, only yeah. destroyed, but they're now everything has been turned into poison. Yep. That's what happens. Oils treat you like you treat them. They're, they're vindictive. If you treat them <laughs> with care, they, they take care of you. If you damage them, they'll damage you. Yeah. So what for people that still say, yeah, but I'm not going to give up my fill in the blank. What should I put in my frying pan if I want to saute something once in a while? I mean, I know what I would use, but I'd like you to share what would be your top couple of choices for people that. Well, you should put your hand in the frying pan because that'll (laughs) cure you. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. There you have it. <laughs> First, you're going to hit yourself over the head with the frying pan. Then you're going to put yeah, your hand in Yeah, and then if you didn't it. do that, then put your hand in the hot frying pan, and that'll cure you. Then hit and yourself on the head. Yes, problem no, solved. Um, you know what? It, all of this, all of the stuff that we say, oh, this is good, and you can fry with this. You know, that's all BS. Mm. They're they, you know, nothing for frying. Use, you know, if you want, what oil should you use for frying? Water. Okay. Okay. Because, so. wait, wait, because when you use water, you still lose some of the benefits of raw food, but you don't burn it. So you don't create the level of toxicity that you get in the frying pan. That's why I tell people to throw it out because okay. most people won't fry in their pots, but they'll fry in their frying pan. If you have a yeah. frying pan, you'll probably use it. I threw mine out. Uh-huh. I literally did. So all of what's, you know, being touted as if you're going to, you know, if you're going to fry or saute something, then it's safe, you know, supposedly what they're, what you're hearing um, is use the safest, most stable oils that are, you know, stable at high heat. So, you know, the the avocado or or the coconut oil or, or even butter, or people are saying, you know, bacon grease and animal fats. What do you say to that? If you talk about olive oil, the traditional use of olive oil was not for frying. What they did is they cooked their veggies in water, they poured off the water, and then they added extra virgin olive oil on top of the food after it came off the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, coconut oil, coconut oils, oh, oh God, how much stuff has been told about coconut oil. Yeah. Somebody made all the claims for coconut oil that can be legitimately made for omega-3s on the basis of research. It does not, coconut oil does not contain omega-3s, and, all, and there is no research to back up all of those claims. There is now research on, on coconut oil that says it increases LDL cholesterol, Ooh. <clears throat> and that's a concern. But if you eat the coconut, it does not increase LDL cholesterol. And people think it's the, it's the fiber in the coconut that protects you from cardiovascular disease. And fiber as a protector against cardiovascular disease get, gets very high marks, and there is no fiber in animal products. So again, it goes back to, as your mother, as your grandma said, eat your goddamn vegetables. Right. <laughs> she didn't quite say it that way. But <laughs> no, my, mine right? didn't, but uh, no, <laughs> I'm no, sure no, somebody did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, only okay. uh, only only a mother who was a man would would say that. <laughs> yeah, grandpa may have said. Grandpa, that. grandpa, yeah. No, Absolutely. but grandpa is usually they're mellow by that time. So it was some young guy, some <laughs> young guy who was poisoned by his own t- testosterone that that used that language. <laughs> right, right. And, 
Okay, so all of these lists, because this is what people do, they're going to Google and they're going to go, what are the, you know, the top five or top 10 best, healthiest oils for me? And then they're going to see a list and it's, you know, it's all of the oils that are the usual, you know, trend du jour right now. Yeah, trend du jour, yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be coconut oil is usually number one. Um, yeah. Olive oil, like you mentioned, yeah. macadamia nut oil, and avocado oil, and butter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. you're saying nope. really okay. all of them? From a, health pers- from a health perspective, don't do it. Don't, don't believe them. I wish I had an app that I could send through the internet and 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 put up a big big blast that said liar to everything <laughs> that isn't true. <laughs> the problem with the internet is. It's the downside of free speech. Free speech is good because you get to get to say what you want. Yeah. And it's bad because you get to say what you want. It doesn't have to be true. Right. That's the problem with, with free speech. Right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and so, again, you need to know your sources. And uh, maybe if somebody's listening and develops apps, maybe they could develop an app that could just go through the Internet and call out, call out all the lies that are on the internet for nefarious purposes. I think, I think Udo, you just need to, if you haven't already, uh, have your own app that mm-hmm. clearly tells people, do this, don't do that. Yeah, maybe but, we'll make the app not for liars. Just assume everything is a lie. We'll make an app that says this one's true. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and it would be there would be a lot fewer of those than they, than than there are of of people making claims for unstated agendas and and yeah. self enrichment. Yeah. I like it. I you know? like it. So okay, so let's go back to. I want to come back around to um, the EFAs, the essential fatty acids, and I want um, people to have a really clear understanding. We've talked about, you know, how that's necessary for any kind of reasonably good health, not to mention optimal health. But what functions do our bodies rely on? You know, that they need the EFAs for. What specifically? I mean, I'm sure overall everything, but. I know that yeah. there are some specific functions um, and organs that really rely on those EFAs. Yeah, they re- yeah. Uh, overall, everything is the short is the short correct answer. Both mm-hmm. omega six and omega three are equally essential. We get lots of omega six, but in a damaged, in a partially damaged form. So that's a concern. So we need to get omega sixes made with health in mind. And omega threes are too low in ninety nine percent of the population. They're used in, in membrane, cell membrane structure. They make the cell receptors work more effectively. Um, oh, sorry, they make hormones work more effectively at the cell receptor level. So you were talking about thyroid and, and gonads and, mm-hmm. and uh, pituitary and all of, all of the glands. So really, uh, I mean, and that, and as it, a person's aging, you really want to be when your hormone level is, you know, starting to change as right. you age. So, right. so and in fact, when important. you, as you get older, less hormone will do the same job as, you know, and when, as your glands get, get older, they, uh, you still get normal function, but not only that, they increase the omega threes increase energy level by 40 to 60%. If you take a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day of the blend that I developed called Udo's oil on which the experiments were done, Mm -hmm. 40 to 60% increase in stamina within 30 days of taking a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day. Yeah. Is that the 369 oil? It's spread out over the course of the day. 
Okay. And are we talking about the 369 oh. blend? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and they give all the rest of your cells in your body 40 to 60% more energy to do their jobs. And they're all different jobs, bone cells and gland cells and, and muscle cells and nerve cells. They elevate mood and lift depression. They increase IQ by three to nine points. They, uh, the, literally, the, the research says, if you summarize it, if you increase omega-3s in your diet and it's not damaged or toxic, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. That's a pretty tall claim. Yeah. But it's because 99% don't get enough. Every cell needs them. And if you're not getting enough, there are going to be symptoms in every cell in your body. And it just turns out, but it doesn't say it, it cures it. It says improves it because omega-3s will only improve what lack of omega-3 causes. So they will not fix magnesium deficiency. You need magnesium for that. So it's very specific. And because almost everybody is deficient in omega-3, Omega-3 have a wide range of benefits that simply come from the body getting enough omega-3 to do the jobs that omega-3s are supposed to do in your in yourself. Mm-hmm. What about, so uh, would that affect um, any types of forms of cancer or, or um, uh, like any, dementia, Alzheimer's, any of those types of conditions? Anything, anything that increases energy is healing. And omega-3s are the highest energy molecules of all of the essential nutrients. Again, they're not the only one, but they're the energy. They're, they're, they turn on fat burning and turn off fat production. They, um, they decrease inflammation, which is involved in the, in the basis of many of the degenerative conditions. They uh, lower all of the major cardiovascular risk factors. They make you more insulin sensitive when you're insulin resistant. So they help with type two diabetes. Mm. They uh, make your vision better, improve learning in pregnancy, very important because when a woman is pregnant, she has to maintain her brain and build a new one. Mm. And that requires quite a bit of essential fatty acids. And women who are deficient, uh, they, uh, they lose, the child will take them out of her brain because nature says mom is the past, the kid's the future, will mm. sacrifice the past for the future if necessary. Oh, wow. And women, and so women are depleted by their children. Each child gets less than the, the previous child. Each child depletes the mother further. And the researchers think it's why women get more chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, depression, collagen inflammatory and autoimmune diseases than men do. And women get these from two to 15 times more frequently than men. And their conclusion is women need to make sure that they get a reliable source of both essential fatty acids, and I add to it made with health in mind, in their diet, mm-hmm. both for their own health and the health of their children. That is fascinating. I had not heard that. Really good information. Wow. Sacrificing the past for the future. So, right. Like, I'm just, I'm absorbing that right now. That's really interesting. We, we, we We worked with animals, like with dogs, in a clinic, in a veterinary clinic. So, I've also worked with many animals. Um, 
uh, and sometimes the the bitch would be so tired after giving birth because they sometimes have like 13, 14 puppies. Yeah. That she didn't have the energy to look after them. When we gave them the essential fatty acids, they had same size and sometimes even bigger litters and they had no problem with energy levels. Hmm. And they and they were able to look after their puppies. So it, it's not just humans, but puppies as well, uh, or animals as well. We right. took the calluses off the elbows of Siegfried and Roy's white tigers with essential fatty acids. Because in the animal world, most people uh, uh, don't include omega-3 in the diet. We had horses that that went from running dead last to coming first by just getting them the omega-3s that in nature they get from grass and in captivity don't get at all because they give them corn oil, which has no omega-3s in captivity. But in grass, there is more omega-3 than omega-6. Like not a lot, it's 0.1%. But if you eat 50 pounds of grass, like a horse does, or whatever the number is, uh, you get enough omega-3s and 6s. But horses are omega-3 animals. Flight animals do better on omega-3s because they increase oxygen metabolism. You can run faster, farther before you get tired. You recover more quickly after, in, uh, after fatigue. Uh, mm. And because oxygen is used to build down lactic acid. And you, your injuries heal in a third to a half the time. Okay. You've seen that in athletes as well. Okay, People sure. sleep better. Uh, their reflexes are sharper. That's what the boxers told us. Um, okay. I am going to make sure that my daughter, who is getting ready to run a marathon in three weeks, is getting, yeah. <laughs> making sure she's getting plenty of her omega-3s. Absolutely. What we did with marathon runners in the early days, they were all carb loading. We said, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. Carb deplete. Because when you carb load, you only get 20 miles, and the, and the marathon is 26. Yes. So we said carb deplete so that your fat-burning mechanism in your body is turned on full bore. Take some omega-3s, because I call them the fat-burning fire starter, and go and run your race. And not everybody did it because it was so against the stream. Mm-hmm. But the ones who did it, they came back, came back and said, that was awesome. When I finished my marathon, I felt like I had the energy to do another one. Wow. Longest distance run in 24 hours was run by a guy on Udo's oil, the 359 really? blend. Yeah. Um, and he said, he said that the oil increased his energy by 25%. He was pretty conservative. He didn't mm. want to push his limits. And okay. he ran six marathons in 24 hours. That is insane. 152 miles. Yes, that's insane. <laughs> wow. I mean, impressive, but insane. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's an insanely it's, impressive. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's a compliment. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, yeah. Uh, people that are like, okay, I really want to, you know, up my intake, um, but I have very limited resources. You know, what other than buying your oil blends, which I think are amazing. I've got my smoothie in front of me right now with my 369 um, tablespoon yeah, of you're, oil. You're in putting it. A, an extra tablespoon in right now, right? Yeah, I'm <laughs> dumping in some more, and it goes on my <laughs> evening salad too. Uh, but yeah. for people that are uh, really on a tight budget, uh, yep. 
additional sources, like what, what can they be eating? What do you think are the top forms of, you know, food products that they can get okay. some of these? Uh, well, <clears throat> if you're talking fats, mm-hmm. the highest, the, the highest source, the richest source of them is always seeds and nuts. Yes. So if you, if you want to forget about Udo's oil, then take two tablespoons of flax seeds and a tablespoon of sunflower seeds or sesame seeds. And you, you blend those together in a smoothie or a shake. Mm-hmm. And that'll give you about the ratio that we use because we use more omega-3 than omega-6. We use enough omega-6 not to become omega-6 deficient. Flax oil can actually make you omega-6 deficient. That happened to me. Okay. I got dry eyes, uh, skipped heartbeats, uh, arthritis-like symptoms in my finger joints and thin papery skin. Classic oh. omega-6 deficiency symptoms from using flax oil as my only source of oil in the diet. Okay, That's so it's good, but not as, why, not as the only source. One of the source. reasons why I, made, why I made the blend to get that okay. balance better. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so seeds and, seeds and nuts and yeah, specifically seeds and nuts. flax seeds, so sunflower. So basically in the, in the ratio of two tablespoons of flax for omega-3s mm-hmm. and a tablespoon of sunflower or sesame seeds for the omega-6s. However... Uh, and people used to say to me, why don't we just go to the seeds and do it? And, I, and my answer is nature's mandate is not optimum health. Nature's mandate is healthy enough to grow up, healthy enough to have kids, healthy enough to take care of the kids. And when the kids don't need you anymore, nature, nature says recycling time. And the way to do that is not to be optimally healthy, but to be suboptimal. And that way you run down faster when you're not needed anymore. So, um, uh, so I tried, I tried it on seeds. I took five tablespoons of flax seeds and three tablespoons of a mixture of sunflower and sesame. And flax has a lot of fiber in it, so it absorbs about six times its volume of water. Mm-hmm. And even in summer when I need less oil, I could not keep my skin from getting dry on those five, three, eight tablespoons of seeds. Mm-hmm. So what I say to people is use the oil. If your skin is still dry, it means you're not getting enough oil to your skin because your skin gets it last and uses it first, uh, loses it first. Okay. And then add oil to it to the level that your skin is soft, smooth, and velvety. Okay. Uh, that's how we measure it uh, because omega-3 and 6 together form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture. Then you don't need gunk on the outside because you're oiling your skin from within. Okay. The best way to oil your skin is from within. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. But, uh, but you will get enough, but you will get enough for your inner organs, and you will get enough for the health of your inner organs. It's okay, okay. to dry, live with dry skin. That's why nature gives it the skin last. And you'll find that your skin is drier in winter or in the desert than in summer or in humid climates. Sure. In winter, I need about four tablespoons a day, and in summer... I, I need two or three. Okay. And the oil is not a supplement. The oil is a food oil foundation. And you use it instead of the other food oils, but you don't fry with it. You add it to hot, warm, and cold foods after they come off the heat. And they're ca- compatible with everything in your food supply. Yes, I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because listeners, uh, if you're ready to go out and buy some of these amazing oils, um, yeah. Udo's you literally lose them, lose them yeah. in anything you eat. 
Yeah. They, they enhance flavors and improve absorption of oil-soluble nutrients. But there's only one uh, caveat, which is if you eat, if when you start using oil as your ma- main fuel, you've got to lower your carbs. Because if you eat a lot of carbs and then add oil to it, your body will burn the carbs first because they can be toxic. And yeah. you might actually put on a little weight. But if you lower your carbs and increase your omega-3s, you will normalize your weight because the omega-3s turn on the fat-burning genes and increase your, uh, your, your, your energy levels and your stamina and your, your uh, fat-burning mm-hmm. rate. Um, and and the, the carbohydrates can block that. So you basically go on a ketogenic diet, except this is a ketogenic diet that is focused on the essential fatty acids. Most ketogenic diets don't pay attention and they're not good yeah. long-term. Okay, that is so perfect because that's literally my next question is is asking you your thoughts on the ketogenic yes. diet. Uh, yes, my, my husband loves uh, that that to be, he's pretty keto-centric when, when he eats. Yeah. He feels so good on it. And so yeah. the thing is though, yeah. you know, there... And, and as you obviously know far better than I about uh, the, it's focused on a high fat intake, but I I, off, I question the recommended amounts of fat and type of fat that I see in so many keto-centric yes. recipes. So oh, let's and, speak to that. And, well, and the reason is because they use saturated fats because they have a long shelf life. The yes. omega-3s you got to take care of. I mean, we put them in the fridge, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, and you, you can put them in the freezer, oil shrinks. So you can, you know, they should be in glass, plastic leaches into oils. That's not good for your health either. And, uh, oils actually swell the plastic and make the leaching quicker than, than plastic leaches into water. But the, the, the usual ketogenic diets, they get your weight loss mainly through dehydration. Oh. But if you get, but if you get omega threes and sixes, you will lose weight by burning the excess fat. So the ketogenic diet is, is only sustainable if you make sure it's centered around the two essential fatty acids that you have to have in your fat intake. And that's what the keto diets are not doing simply because they want a long shelf life. They want you to be able to shove it under your bed and leave it there for a year and come back and still have it be usable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you make, if you, you know, if you're used to putting coconut or butter into your coffee, my recommendation is switch it out for Udo's oil. Perfect. That was my next question. Yeah, I I read minds too. You do. (laughs) Like a champ. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So that's what I recommend because then you're getting the, you're getting the buzz from coffee. So that stimulates your metabolic rate. Mm -hmm. You're getting the the omega-3s and 6s as energy, but also as essential nutrients for all of the, all of the different parts of your body okay. that require them. Okay, and then so, that's sustainable. And then right. eat, to- eat tons of vegetables. Okay. And then, and then it's sustainable. Okay, so um, for the keto, just to um, just to hit those points again, for if you're if some, somebody that really likes to be on a ketogenic-based diet, um, yeah. Get away from all of the the cheeses that are um, promoted, and get your fats from your your essential fatty acids, your threes and your sixes, your the omegas, and then and then focus on the vegetables, right? Yep. Uh, all right, and stay and keep the yep, carbs but, low, low, low. Yeah, keep the carbs low because that's how you create the ketogenic diet. 
Yes. Uh, and and just to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you need a swig of oil? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to try and just read my own mind now. <laughs> so. Uh, that's all right. Let's talk about well, coffee for a second and then it'll come back yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to say about, cause we, you know, we love our bulletproof coffees. I, I call them fat coffees. Um, yeah. and yeah. that's, that's what I wanted to ask you about was, well, I was going to ask you about the difference between just people that are putting, you know, the butter and the coconut oil or the MCT yep. oil in. And yep. then my question is, is the coffee too hot to use your three, six, nine blend? Will that, will that destroy it? Or is that not hot well, enough you could, to damage? No, you could, you could put the oil on, uh, in pasta sauce and on steamed vegetables and in hot soup. I put it on miso okay. soup. I like miso soup mm-hmm. you, and it just, com- just enriches the flavor. Like you wouldn't believe Yeah, so you could put it in your hot coffee. If it's hot enough, if it's cool enough to drink, okay, you, you don't, but don't do it this way. Don't put the oil on and then boil the coffee some more Sure, and then let it sit around for three days. Yeah, you put yeah. it in when you you are taking the coffee. So you're taking yeah. fresh oil, you're putting it in the coffee, and you're putting it in your body. Right. Okay. So I mean, I take our coffee, um, which is the best coffee on the planet, and it's medicinal coffee. And no, then no bias there, right? Yeah. No, of course not. It's just <laughs> facts are facts, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got the good purity coffee going. It's medicinal coffee. We put that in the blender. I throw yeah. in, you know, I can throw in then my my oil. And um, whip it up, and and I'm good to go. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Perfect. That is that is insanely. And, and and what has nobody has talked about, and I've never said this before. You could do that with tea as well. Yes, my and husband tea, does it with tea. And tea is in many ways preferable to coffee because coffee is burnt beans, and tea is either fermented or not fermented, but it's the it's the powdered vegetable or it's the. Uh, it's it's the it's the it's the plant itself the the, yeah. the leaves of the plant itself or if you do matcha then yeah. it's powdered tea yes. leaves powdered green I tea like, leaves yeah yeah i like the matcha and my husband loves the yerba mate and he calls it when he mixes it with the fat like that uh he calls it his tactical tea the tactical yep but, you know when you drink enough yerba mate you're 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 ready to go out there and kill something <laughs> yeah yeah it's his version of a bulletproof coffee so he calls it a tactical tea yeah but it but but i see him in a i see him in one of those checkered uniforms in the <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> you know in a like a, a team six team six right. uniform exactly. because yerba mate is very strong yeah, he loves it. It um, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, the the clarity of thought. There's just it's a different kind of um, energy. I yeah. guess. clarity yeah. of thought and and but you get you get it it kicks energy production into gear, and mm-hmm. then the omega three becomes the fuel. Mm. So you get the two together. You got fuel on fuel on on energy, and omega threes increase energy in a remarkable way. So that is going to be a huge up level um, to go. You instead of using the uh, coconut oil and the grass fed butter, we're going to switch now and use the three six nine. I just wasn't sure if we could put that in our coffee. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, okay. yeah. See and see what happens, and let me know. I, I will. I will. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try it tomorrow. 
<laughs> perfect. All right. Okay. So you'll be, call, you'll be calling me by the weekend. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be fired up. You'll hear from me. Um, okay. I want to ask you, I know we're running um, over an hour here, but if you have the time, I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about fish. Um, we're yeah. big, we're big lovers of salmon. And now we have a lot of question because it's almost impossible to find wild caught salmon. And, yeah. uh, we have farm raised salmon. And of course, even the wild caught now we've been reading, it's not really wild caught. So we're really confused on that. And I'm wondering yeah. is, is the farm raised salmon? Cause I don't believe it is, but is it really is, um, are the, are the omegas in there is, is quality as they are in a wild caught salmon? Tell me about salmon. No, never was. It's about 11 times less Mm. than than in the wild salmon. But I have even worse news for you. Mm. Uh, Fish is now the dirtiest meat on the planet, according to the research. And it's not me coming up with this. This is what the research says. And that's because our oceans and our lakes and our water systems have become the sewer for every junk that we put on the planet. Mm. And so... Uh, you know, we've been doing that now for 100 years. And, uh, and then the toxins go into the food chain, and then they go get concentrated up the food chain, and most of the fish we eat are pretty high on the food chain. Mm-hmm. Krill, oil, krill oil is a low on the food chain, but you're stealing food from the whales. Um, the sardines are lower on the food chain, mm-hmm. so you, you, they're, not as, they're not as bad as as salmon and, and, and mm-hmm. marlin and tuna swordfish and tuna and all of right. those. Right. So I stopped eating, I stopped eating fish. Oh, um, that's just killing me. I would, I would, uh, I would actually between the different kinds of meat, I would rather eat an organic egg once in a while, or <clears throat> I, I don't at this point, but, mm-hmm. or I, I'd get some lamb. Hmm. Uh, because it's the cleanest of the red meats. Oh, chicken, is, chicken is uh, both contaminated and has really crazy junk in it. And fundamentally, if you eat it the way nature made it, and you don't, didn't let anybody who is in business for profit get their hands on it, you're, you're likely to end up with something better than if you don't do that. Sure. And that's... You know, because because meat used to be, you know, you, we used to hunt, and then we, if we caught something, which was rare, when we only had rocks as weapons, mm-hmm. and then you would you'd you'd get something, and then you'd cut it up and eat it. They had no refrigeration, so you had to eat it fresh. And what we do now is we always every we're looking at everything in food. How can we make it have a long shelf life so that I can make it in Vancouver and sell it to you? In are you in Arizona? Um, actually now, um, our primary residence is Wyoming. Okay. So, so, so that I could make it in Vancouver and sell it in Wyoming, but also in South Africa and also in India and also in China and also in, in Berlin. Right. And, and shelf life is important for that. But from a health perspective, fresh is the, is, is, is key. So grow your own garden if you can. Tear up your lawn in your in your back and front yards and grow kale or grow, grow something. Kale is right. indestructible. Grow your food. Grow your food. Yeah, yeah, grow food as much as you can because then you know what's in it. Right. And if it's got pesticides in it, then it's because you put them in there and sure. you know. Sure, but at sure. least you know. 
Okay. And the way you, now you're, you're doing it on trust and you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people do is they, they, they re-register certain things they dump into the, into the food for preservative purposes or whatever kind of purposes. And they call it a processing aid, and then it doesn't have to go on the label. So you can put mercury in, in vaccines and not put it on the label if you call it a processing aid. Before they made that change, you had to put it on the label. So really? there's a there's a lot that goes on in in the name of of shelf life and processing and profits and secret sure. you know yeah. secret re- secret ways of doing things that most people if they're not spending their time researching it that'd be like full time yeah yeah are not really aware is. of right and, exactly and my, in my mother's generation used to say, oh, you know, they would never do anything. The industry would never do anything that's bad for us. When you hear that now, you laugh because you've seen so many ways in which people have doctored their products and lied to the yeah. customers and all of that. So yeah. you have to be a little bit more skeptical maybe than you are mm-hmm. and yeah. trust nature and life a little more than you do. Yeah, it's just, it's very easy to be trusting and, and, but then, you know, you're just, you're being kind of gullible if you don't do a little bit of, yeah. um, and, of research on it, your own. And then it shows up in conditions that you get where you say, how the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's because you didn't know and they lied to you and, and, uh, you become, you, you, you become the, yeah, statistic. the sacrifice, the sacrifice for somebody getting rich. Right, right. Uh, my goodness. Okay, I have a, I have a, I have made a list, Udo, of about four other topics that I want to explore with you. So, if you're yeah. open to it, I w- would love to have you back because there's just so sure. much um, that I want to yeah. cover with you. But this was, I think, a fantastic um, overview and great details, really, on um, on some fats and oils that should really help people get their get their cupboards cleaned out and at least get a start on. Um, you know, d- dialing in their diet when it comes to the, the fat intake. Um, I think it's yep. been a really good, you know, process for giving them a basic understanding. And uh, I'm, yes, I'm so grateful uh, for the time you spent doing this. Uh, I cannot yep. thank you enough. And uh, it's just, it's excellent information. It's, it's truly been my pleasure. And I am so looking forward to having you back. Me, um, and we got to talk about just... your new adventure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do that later. Uh, let yeah. me just talk about where people can find me, if I yeah. if I may. No, absolutely. Okay. Udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com, uh, for the products that I work with and some information on those. And then I, the new pr- the new project I have, which is to turn health and human nature into teachable fields, because we're we it's about time we did figure out who we are and how we work. And everything affects health, so you really got to give everything its due. That's at theudo.com. Udo is U-D-O. Yes. Theudo.com. And I will have um, your website listed at the end of the show notes, too, on the podcast, so people will be able to see the website right there. And then what I'd like to do is um, when we talk again um, for the next one, then I would love to invite you to share your going rogue story. Oh, yeah. 
one of them because I have a feeling there's dozens. But yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah, well, pick for pick me what, going rogue would be to enter the mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Opposite of what most people are would think of. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't live in the box. I, you know. Uh, my parents told us, question everything, because they went through the First World War, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Depression, and the Second World War. They didn't trust anything, not big business, not big religion, not big uh, government. They said, question everything, not everything you get told is true. So question it and find out for yourself what is true. I pretty much uh, took that to heart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think they could have given you better advice. And yeah, the world is now advice. benefiting. The whole world is benefiting from that now. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't thank me. Thank my parents. And thank thank <laughs> yes. Thank Mr. and Mrs. Erasmus. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you again for your time, and we will be talking again very soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, Udo. Great. So there you have it, my friends. As the saying goes, garbage in, garbage out. So I hope that I'm going to get some messages from you guys telling me all about the kitchen sweep you did after listening to this podcast to get rid of everything containing garbage, fats, and oils that you find in your kitchen. I encourage you to check out Udo's products and his books. They will change your life if you do what he says. And if you're looking for a process that takes you by the hand and helps you every step of the way on your journey to greater health and wellness, head on over to lauriebischoff.com and check out my food print plan. It makes changing your eating lifestyle easy and fun. I thank you once again for spending some of your time hanging out with us today. Make sure to subscribe to We're Talking Shift if you haven't already. And if you found this episode valuable, it would mean a lot to me if you would take a minute to give me a rating and a review. And do help spread the good shift around by sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next week, stay feisty and go make some epic shift happen. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.